it's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and it's always, my friend, a good a joy to be able to greet you by way of this radio broadcast and to invite you to study with us uh, for the next half hour. We're going to look again at the subject we've been looking at the last few weeks, and that is these fascinating creatures in the Bible called angels. Um, someone has, has made the comment that there's, there's someone out there watching. <laughs> and, you know, we all have that sense of that by nature. We, we know that there, there's more to life than, than just the material universe in w- which we live. And you, you see it about us. The, the popularity of, of the television shows. Uh, Michael Landon had a, had a show for a long time where, where he was an angel. And now there's a popular show, Touched by Angels. And uh, the, the books and the publications and the interest and the T-shirts and the little figurines, a tremendous amount of, of, of awareness and, and maybe even desire that there's somebody out there watching us, um, somebody that, uh, that is interested in what we're doing beyond the material that we can hold. Because by nature, you and I as, as, uh, as humans, we're made by God to be uh, knowledgeable of the fact that there's more to life than just the material things that you can see. Now, the older I get, the more something my dad told me when he was in his early 70s. Uh, he was uh, beginning to be ill, and uh, so about two years before he went to be with the Lord, he, he said, you know, Rick, I, I'm a 70-year-old man, uh, and, and yet I, f- I feel like a 20-year-old inside. I feel like a 20-year-old in a 70-year-old's body. And you know, the older I get, the more I know what he's talking about. Um, as I cross the, 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 the 50, uh, the half-century mark, I began to notice that my, my body was, well, it was still functioning okay, but there were things that my, the, the, the person inside of me wanted to do that my body said, oh, yeah, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> and more and more, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm beginning to sense there's a limitation. And yet, you know, the person inside of me still thinks he can do what he could do when he was 20. Well, he could, but the, the, the vehicle, the body that I live in, uh, well, it, it won't function that way. And that's an innate sense that you have. There's something about you, the real you, that's inside of you that's really not equal to your physical frame. Uh, I know we live in a world that, that likes to believe, you know, in a machine-like universe that, and, and a world that's betting on human reason uh, to, to deliver ultimate truth and to, uh, to produce a consensus morality. You know, we, we, we live in a world that trusts and believes that science and education is going to save the world, but then we, we live in the world and we realize, well, it just ain't working so good. Um, everything does not come out of matter. Um, I mean, just the, the mind that, that, can, uh, uh, that can find all the things that are in the world 
Isn't it more than the things? Isn't it more wonderful than the things that it finds? Isn't there something more than that? You see, the philosophy of materialism. And, and can I say to you that, that even, even many, if not most, Christians are affected by the materialism. I sat on an airplane just recently in an airport, rather, and was talking to some, some people, and a man said to me something that I've heard many times. He said, listen, friend, I, 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 I can't worry about where I'm going to spend eternity. I'm having a hard enough time just getting through this day. Well, you know what that is? That's just crass materialism. That's like the bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys wins. That's just not true. But it's true to the mind that thinks all there is is what you can feel and touch and sense and reason, what you can hold. But you have an innate sense down inside of you that everything isn't and everything doesn't come out of what's material and that there's something more to life. Now, you know that. And every person in the world knows that. Everything that we know comes through matter, but it doesn't come from it. Uh, you know, if that's all life was, playing a violin, uh, the beautiful music that comes from, from a violin, well, is that just applying the outside of a horse to the inside of a cat? You know, the horse hair on the boat or the cat gut of the string? Is that all it is? Is that all violin music is? Or is the violin simply the media through, through which we enjoy the music? Well, yeah, you know what it is. The material universe is the, is the instrument upon which we play and through which comes the, the music of, of achievement and, and happiness in life. But it isn't what life is. The music itself, where did it come from or what is it? Uh, if I put on the piano or the organ in front of me and uh, a piece of sheet music and I play it, my cat comes along as she's wont to do and she likes to chew paper. And she has done this, in fact, come along and get a hold of the piece of sheet music off the piano and get on the floor and make a meal out of it, make a mess out of it, destroy it. Well, when the cat destroyed the sheet music, did she destroy the music? No, she just destroyed that physical copy that I needed to place on the piano in order to play it. You know what I can do? I can go down to the music store and get another copy. Because the music isn't the physical piece of sheet music. We call it that. But that isn't really the music, is it? And the music is different from the, the physical manifestation of the music. And by the way, which came first? Well, the intellectual property, the, the, the intellectual music in the mind of the composer came first, and then the physical was the manifestation of it. If I go over to my computer and I put in a disc and I begin to use the disc and, and all of a sudden my computer eats the disc... <laughs> Mess it crashes and the disk is the program is destroyed in my computer. Is the program destroyed? Well, I can take you know I can call Mr. Gates and say, hey, send me another program, and he send me another disk or another CD, and I put it back in a new fixed computer, and up it comes. Because the the disk isn't the program; it's just the physical manifestation of it. Well, which came first? The disc or the intellectual property? Well, you know what came first. The spiritual came first. The intellectual, the spiritual, the thing that was not material came first and then was manifest in the material. You see, by nature we know that because that's the way life works. And all this, this, this attempt to make life only what we feel and touch now is really half-thinking, wrong-headedness, based on error. Well... The only 
source of real objective truth is the Word of God. Someone says, well, if I can't see it or feel it or touch it, I'm not going to believe it. Well, I can't see, feel, or touch electricity. I, I can't explain electricity to you. But I'm not going to sit in a dark room until I can. I'm going to use it. And if God chooses to explain some things to me, then I can believe it. Jesus said, thy word is truth. You want truth? You get it out of the word of God. How would he know? Well, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the way because he's the truth. Because only truth can show you the way. And he's the truth because he is the life. And you see, that's why he's worthy of believe, being believed. And that's why when you want to know about someone out there watching us, you need to go to the Bible. You, need to go, you want to take that, that sense that you have in your heart that there's more to life than just the material things, and you want to go to God's Word to find out what the truth about that is. The religions of man are designed to try to explain that spiritual nature, that spiritual sense, that spiritual hunger. But only the Bible, only the Word of God, is the source of, of divine revelation by the Maker. Everything else is the creature trying to figure out the Creator. The Bible is the Creator giving a handbook, as it were, giving an instruction manual to the creature. So just like when you buy a new automobile, or you buy a new microwave, or you buy a new clock, or whatever it is you get, you get the, the creator, the, the, the builder, the maker, to give you an instruction manual that tells you how the clock operates. Well, that's what the Bible is for you and me. So when we talk about and we consider the topic of angels, well, you need to know what the Bible says about them. Fascinating creatures they are, and we've seen that. We've seen how that they, that, that they are uh, they're real. They're spiritual creatures with real bodies. They wear clothes. They eat. They, they cook. They drive chariots and ride horses, and they fight, and they, they do all kind of wonderful things. They can become visible, and they can become invisible at will. They can travel at incredible speeds, and they can speak multitudes of languages, all the languages you and I are capable of, uh, uh, mankind is capable of knowing. And in the Bible, they are mainly charged with the well-being of the nation Israel. That's their first main uh, function. And we've also seen that you and I today in the dispensation of grace as members of the body of Christ, we do not need angels. Um, we don't need their ministry, uh, but they need our ministry. You see, there has been a dispensational role reversal. We're in time past in the program of prophecy that God had with the nation Israel. The saints had the angelic ministration. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 says, and it's Hebrews, that's Israel's book, written to Israel, got their name on the front of it. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 says that, are, are not that all, all are about angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who are heirs of salvation? And in the context of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, if you read down the next three or four verses in chapter number 2, you'll see that the salvation that's being talked about there uh, is the salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry began to preach, was confirmed then by, by the apostles and the little flock of Israel that heard him in the early Acts period. And that, that message is clearly identified, Matthew 4 and Matthew 9 and Matthew 10 and Acts 1 and Acts 2 and right on through your Bible as the gospel of the kingdom. And it has to do with God's restoration of his program and accomplishment of his program with the nation Israel. And so angelic ministry was important. 
and it did basically two things. One, they, they came to protect Israel and to give, be, be given charge over Israel's protection uh, and also over communicating God's word to the nation Israel. When an angel came and spoke to uh, the people of God in time past, that was the end of any question. It was a communication from God. So angels did two things. First, they communicated God's word, and two, they protected God's people. But we don't need that ministry today because we have the word of God, the completed revelation of God found in the Bible. Everything God ever wants to say to you is, has been said, and he wrote it in a book, and he's preserved that book through history where you have the complete revelation from God available to you in a Bible. Now, that's the reason when we talk to you about the Bible version issue, the King James Bible and so forth, that's one of the reasons that's very important. You want to have a Bible that has all the verses in it that God wants your Bible to have in it, that leaves out the verses that don't belong in it, leaves out the books that don't belong in it. And all of the Bibles that you can buy, popularly done in the last 50, 7,500 years in, in the English language, are Bibles that leave out significant portions of Scripture, a lot of verses, not just words, a lot of words, but uh, big, long verses and portions of Scripture. So you have a Bible that's incomplete. And the, the Bible that you can go to that is complete, has all the verses in it that it ought to have, is the King James Bible. That's why that issue is important, because God has given us a complete revelation, and it has made it available to us today. That's a great responsibility as well as a great privilege. But also, not only has He given us the, the Word of God, He's given us His Holy Spirit. God himself in the person of the third person of the triune Godhead, God the Holy Spirit, comes, and when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved, when you trust him and him alone to be the full and sufficient payment for your sin debt, not, not when you're out in that materialistic world trying to, trying to do what material man does, that is, find his fulfillment and significance and his justification in the works of his hands. Paul is a great uh, challenger of the workaholic ministry of the 21st century. Uh, he says, to him that works not, and maybe you're trying with your religion and your performance and your working and your goodness and your efforts to gain God's approval and acceptance. And Paul said, stop. It's not by the works of your hands. It's by the works of Christ at Calvary. God didn't put the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and make him sin for you so that he could just help you with the things you couldn't do. He did that because there were things you couldn't do that he had to do for you. So when you trust him, you're, the God the Holy Spirit, we're baptized by one spirit into one body. We're circumcision with a circumcision made without hands. That is, God the Holy Spirit performs a, a, a spiritual uh, circumcision. We're crucified with Christ. Then we're regenerated. We're given God's life. His life is implanted in us. Then God the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. And not only are you circumcised and regenerated and dwelt and baptized into Christ, but then you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, not by him, but with him. In other words, a believer literally lives in the encapsulized environment of God the Holy Spirit. That's where your, your new man lives. And uh, that is absolute security. Now, if you have God the Holy Spirit protecting you, you don't need an angel, Okay. You don't get the bellhops and the busboys when you've got the CEO in charge taking care of you. So we don't need, there's been a role reversal. We don't need their ministry, but they need our ministry. Angels look to us, that is to the church, the body of Christ, and the dispensation of grace to find out some things. We, we talked about that a little bit last time. There are these angels that desire to look into these things which have now been revealed to us. 
And that's why Paul says that he, that, he, that, that he pressed the ministry the way he did. Ephesians 3, verse 9, Paul says his goal, his purpose, his, ministry, his, his, his desire is to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. God has put on demonstration. He is teaching even to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places his manifold wisdom through the truth that was revealed to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Well, how in the world can you educate an angel today? How can we carry on our function of educating angels? Uh, if they look to us, wow, what a responsibility that is for you and me. And we're not just educating our children. You know, I can think my kids are grown and have grandchildren, and I think, wow, you know, we need to help them you know, get their education and, and, and learn how to function in life. And you say, now, Brother Rick, you put on me the responsibility of, of, of educating angels, too. Uh, it's more than I can bear. <laughs> well, it's not, because that's what you've been equipped as a believer to do. As you live day by day as who God made you in Christ, you demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God. Now, as I said to you last time, that's where the conflict in the angelic conflict is today. It's about the wisdom of God. Never, n- not about the power of God, but His wisdom. If you can step out on the, uh, of the portal of nothing and create a universe, you are the big guy on the block. No question about it. But might doesn't make right. You can be the big guy on the block and be a bully. So God has demonstrated that he's not only the most omnipotent and omniscient and, and, and omnipresent. He's not the, only the almighty God, but he's the one who is the all-wise God, the one who has the right as well as the ability to carry out his purpose and plans. The adversary, the devil, Satan, didn't start out that way. He started out in Ezekiel chapter 28. He says, uh, verse 15 says, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. He's a created being, just like all the angels are. Thou wast perfect in, 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 in thy ways from the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. There came a time when he devised a cunning strategy of rebellion against God. And it all focused around what Ezekiel 28 verse number 3 says about him. Says thou art wiser than Daniel, there is no secret that they can hide from thee. Uh, he was he was wise, he was rich, he was beautiful, he was powerful, he had a wonderful role, but that wisdom, that was the where 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 his boast was, and his heart was lifted up in him because of his pride, and he says, you know, I'm the I'm the wise one, and there's no secret that can be kept from me. And that's why God kept a secret. You see, when Paul says that he would make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, that word mystery in the Bible means a secret. And God kept a realm of information hidden. There was a realm of information that he didn't tell anyone about. That is the very thing that causes the defeat of everything Satan ever wanted to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, Paul says, But we speak the, God, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world and our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, listen, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, in your Bible, you can find in the prophetic program, you can find much about the fact that the Messiah was going to suffer and that he was going to die. 
In fact, prior to his death, the Lord Jesus Christ tells his disciples he's going to die. He even tells them that his death is going to be the, the means of inaugurating a new covenant. But there's something about what that death at Calvary was going to mean. You see, the event was prophesied. You can go back to Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22, and you can see it in many other places. But the meaning of the event was hidden. And he says he kept it hidden. He kept the meaning of the event hidden. For had Satan and his host known the meaning of the cross, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Well, because Colossians chapter 2 says that it was at Calvary that the Lord Jesus Christ blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and took all of that guilt out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and spoiled principalities and powers, making a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, in the cross. It was at the cross that Jesus Christ won the victory, complete and fully, over Satan, and over his program of iniquity, his plan of evil to topple God from his throne and to take over as the Most High God. And all of that information is revealed in this secret. And Pastor O'Hare said many years ago, the most shocked creature in the universe was Satan when Christ revealed the mystery to Paul. (laughs) And no doubt that's true. And you see, the issue now is taking that truth about this mystery, about this complete position God gives us in his son as today he forms the church the body of Christ takes you and me and puts, in, puts us in this spiritual unit of believers called the body of Christ and blesses us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and then lives his life through us you see Jesus Christ died at Calvary and he gave his life on the cross for you that when you trust him he could give his life to you so that he then could live his life through you day by day as you walk by faith in an intelligent understanding about who God has made you in his son and what God is doing today. And that understanding is laid out in Paul's epistles as he describes who and what the church, the body of Christ is, who and what we are today, and what God is doing. And the angelic creation looked down and 1 Corinthians 4 said they, they, that we're made a spectacle to the angels. 1 Corinthians 11 said they, they watch us. They see, they observe, and they learn about the wisdom and the program and plan of God by watching your life and my life as believers. Angels know nothing about all these things, but they watch us trying to comprehend God's grace program, uh, uh, try, trying to understand how it is that his marvelous grace has been so manifested to unworthy vessels like you and me, and yet provided for us by his glory. Well, there are fascinating creatures watching to learn from you and me how we need to walk by faith in, a, in God's word, rightly divided. Let me give you a free Bible study tape that will go on with this information and help you to appreciate this wonderful ministry that you can have to the angelic creatures. The tape is entitled, What Do Angels Do All Day? Uh, These are fascinating creatures. They're not all friendly, uh, but, uh, boy, the considering of them raises many questions, and there's much that we need to know about about them and our relationship to them. Well, you're going to only understand that, and you're only going to find the answers to that in God's Word. So you can know, and and, and you can know for sure and for certain uh, what angels are doing, and if and how they relate to you and to your family and to your church and to your business and, and how you should relate to them.
this Bible study table will uh, will help. Uh, it's by, it's part of a larger series that we have about angels, but this study will help you to understand these things. Today's going to be the last day that we offer it, so you need to you need to call us today and get your free copy of What Do Angels Do All Day. Simply call us at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And request your copy of the Bible study, What Do Angels Do All Day? And we'll see that you get a free copy with our compliments. Uh, if, if you'd rather write me, you can certainly write us here at the Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. If you're a web surfer and you're on the Internet, uh, you can find us at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org, and you can request uh, your free copy of this Bible study by going to the Internet and the contact uh, icon and uh, telling us through the Internet. We're, we're happy to hear from you in any way you want to get in touch with us. And every week we hear people, we, we get hundreds of phone calls, but we hear people, people write us and uh, use the snail mail and people use the Internet. And we're certainly happy to hear from you in that way. 888-535-2300 is the phone number to call. It's toll-free and it's the easiest way to get the requestman. Go to the phone now and call their people that are that are waiting to hear from you and request your copy of this Bible study, What Do Angels Do All Day? You know, it's just wonderful to know that we have an impact as believers in, in, in the angelic world. We don't have to worry about them impacting us. We impact them. And that means that you need to have a real knowledge of God's Word. You need to have a real working of God's Word in your life. Well, this Bible study, it's for you. What do angels do all day? 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. And when you call, ask the, the folks that answer the phone to, to tell you about the people in your area who are putting this Bible study program on this radio station each week. You know, we meet here to study God's Word rightly divided, to proclaim the message of grace, and to make the grace life the issue on our study. But there there's an assembly meeting in your area where you live, where you're hearing this program, that where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, the grace message is the issue, and the grace life is the joy of their hearts. If you don't have an assembly to attend this week where that's the issue, then you're robbing yourself and your family if you have one. Let me put you in touch with the folks in your area that rejoice around these truths. When you call, uh, you request the information, and, and we'll put you in touch with them. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. Thanks for being with us again today. It's always a joy and a privilege to meet with you week after week in our studies together. Till next time, Maranatha. I want to
Fat Orlando is open to help you during this crazy time. The CDC says those at greatest risk in today's world are those that are overweight, have high blood pressure, and or diabetes. Burn Fat Orlando helps you regain your health, losing up to 30 to 40 pounds in 40 days. Burn Fat Orlando is now offering phone appointments so you can do the program from the safety of your own home. Call Burn Fat Orlando now to find out why we're the only program that guarantees weight loss or your money back. For the most savings, call 855-889-8446. That's 855-889-8446 or at burnfatorlando.com. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com. Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and radio.com. Faith comes by hearing the new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. The new AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. W268CT Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. I'm all excited about that, but the real joy isn't only in the work of Christ. The real joy is found in Christ. And when Christ is inside of me, this is what really gets cool, is that no matter what I go through, I can still have His joy because it's Christ in me, and He is in me because of what He did for me on the cross, and what I did because of that, trusted in Him, I now can have joy. What would be really fascinating for some of you would be to read how many times Paul prayed that he would be delivered from all of his problems. Very rarely. Did he ever pray that he'd sell more tents? Did he ever pray that uh, he'd uh, um, have a better relationship, so to speak, with someone? No. What he did do is he said, out of all of my afflictions, the Lord delivered me. He also said this. He says, Christ in me, the joy that I have. And he wrote a whole book on that, Philippians, the joy book. And when I look at his life, I'm saying, what could give this man that was so beat up and spit out so many times the 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 motivation, which is that's too, too small of a word for me. I want to say more of the thrust, the excitement, the, the go-getting that Paul had to go do it again, to be beat up because he loved the gospel, the death and resurrection of Christ, and the joy that he had. So here's what i like to submit to you. This may be a very painful Christmas for you. At this funeral yesterday with this 32-year-old, I reminded the people here, I said, this Christmas will tarnish the rest of this family's Christmas when they think about their brother dying in December. On Christmas Day, there will be the empty chair. On this guy's birthday, the empty chair. I said, the only joy that you have in all of that loss is when you have Jesus Christ inside of you that says that you could see this person again if you trust Christ. And so maybe for you right now, you're going to have an empty chair around your home, a loved one has passed. Maybe this year's Christmas is going to be more painful because of it just being a worse year for you than it was last year. But remember this. If you want, um, if you think getting rid of all this pain is going to bring you joy, biblically it won't. It might bring you more happiness.